Amen. No pressure, right? I think one thing I need to do is just continue the trend. I mean, people speaking Spanish and other dialects, and I figure maybe I, sh- I don't want to be feel left out, so maybe I need to mix in some Swahili, some tongues, and all of the above. Is that okay with you guys? <laughs> Including my tribal dialect. No? Man. Release it in the air. I'm messing. Unless I can get a translator, that'll be fantastic. Are you volunteering, Larry? Larry, raise his hand. Are you going to volunteer? All right. Amen. So you guys all right this morning? I'm going to try not to pull off a barn. Well, I keep on asking, you okay? You all right? You know, you guys look mad. Hey, Byron. <laughs> so, amen and amen. I was, I was actually asking the Lord this week what he had. You know, there's a message when I, while I was at the beach that I prepared. And I was thinking, you know, I'll just relax and go, you know, I already got a message, you know. I don't have to really overthink it. But, no, that's not how he does it, right? So literally this week, the Lord said that the message that you had before, that's not it. And for the whole week, I didn't have anything. Like literally. Okay, I'm sweating it. And you think they'll get easier over the years, you know? Like speaking in front of people. But I'm telling you, no. I mean, you get better at maybe adjusting and hiding the nervousness. But it just stays. It just lingers. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, I, you know how to make me uncomfortable, don't you? You just wait until the last minute. Like literally, the last minute, and then bam, here's a message. How am I supposed to do that in, a, in an hour, Lord? So, so here's what the Lord brought up. As I was, I was actually driving my son, you know, to go for his uh, road biking adventure. Okay? And believe it or not, that 14-year-old boy rode 40 miles. 40 miles. And in the midst of that, I remember the Lord asked me, why are you here? Okay? Why are you here? And I sometimes I'm a little slow with the Lord. I said, man, I'm bringing my son to go ride a bike with me. What do you mean, why am I here? <laughs> Sorry, Lord. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit asked me again, why are you here? And by the time he asked the third time, I realized, okay, this is a message. <laughs> so, we're going to deliver the best way I know how to, by his grace. Amen? Amen? So, let's just open up a prayer. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this time, for this moment. Father, make my words clear. Include all the Jamaican accent, the Caribbean accent. The North Carolina accent, Lord, that I keep on hearing, that I got a country train, something. Father, let all those things just be clear. And Father, as this message goes on to give us laughter, Lord, give us joy. For there's nothing in your heart that is always heavy towards us, Father. Because you're full of joy every time you look at us. You're full of delight in your eyes when you look at us, Father. And here we are as your children. Gather here. That we may hear what you have to say. 
And we all say, Amen. Amen. So why are you here is the question. Why are you here? Mm. I think that's like a battle for everybody, isn't it? You walk around in life trying to figure out what is your purpose on this earth. The other one, it goes without saying, which is what Jesus said, right? Which is, love the Lord with what? All your heart, mind, and soul, right? And then what? Love your neighbors yourself. So we know at least on this earth to love him. Okay? First and foremost, to love him. So that goes without saying. We're here to be loved by him. That goes without saying. But when you get to the other level, why are you here is the question. And at least for me, that's something that I remember wrestling with continuously throughout high school, throughout college. As a matter of fact, when I was in college, my third year, I interned at a vet hospital. Sorry, Paula. I had it because Paula's a vet and so is team. And I remember, vet, I mean, I was there for three months doing this internship because I thought I was going to be an animal doctor. Yeah, okay, I thought I was going to pull out a doctor do little. <laughs> With dreads. <laughs> but I was uh, very mistaken when I realized this one day. Walked in the hospital, I remember going, what is that smell? Like it was atrocious. And what happened was, they were spaying, or no, they were deglanning a ferret. <laughs> Paula knows about that. And I guess the doctor had a shaky hands maybe that day. They've done that procedure many times, but this one time they just popped the gland. And the whole entire hospital just reeked. And the smell will not go away. It didn't matter how many windows you opened. It didn't matter how many air fresheners you put in there. As a matter of fact, when you walked out, it was in your skin. And you, when you walk around, your boys at college are going, man, dude, you smell, man. I'm like, gosh, dang it. Ah. So I realized very quickly, no, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I don't see it happening. <laughs> so... Three months, I finished, because I'm committed to finishing. I finished it, and I was done. I never went back. So, left college with a biology degree, not knowing what to do with it. Okay, I got this degree, pre-med. It was too late to go back and change my major, because it's already the third year. That meant I needed three more years. And I was like, I can't be in college for like six, seven years. I, I just don't see that part. So, I left with that degree, completely not knowing what to do with it. So... Fast forward a little bit, or kind of backtrack a little bit. It's interesting how the Lord sets you up without you ever knowing that he's setting you up. You go about your business, you go about fretting around not knowing what am I supposed to be doing, should I be doing this, should I be doing that part. You figure out, you're trying to think through it. I mean, you go into all sorts of career development stuff, which I did a lot. But yet at the same time, in the background, the Lord was doing his work. Okay? Completely doing his work. 
And uh, I remember when I came here and get to North Carolina, I left a really good job up in Maryland. And, uh, you know, I was, took a leap of faith. Yeah, I only knew very few, I mean, very few people here. I didn't have a job, number one. You know, when I told my mom that the Lord told me to move down there, come down here, she thought I lost my mind. She goes, you have no job, you have no place to stay, and you're going to move. And I said, yes. <laughs> if you're a parent, <laughs> you will know. Be like, my kid has lost their mind. So, come down here, look for every job possible, okay? Drove to Charlotte Matthews. I mean, Statesville, wherever I had an opportunity where I felt like maybe I might have a chance here. Guess what? Nothing. So finally, I'm done in Charlotte, right? And I'm so frustrated to pick up a newspaper. And in there, there's this little ad that says, you know, I mean, they, they sold it, man. It was great. 401k. You got all this retirement. You know, you get all sorts of stuff, all sorts of incentives. And I said, oh, maybe that's it. Do you know what the company's name was? Let's see who. Kobe Vacuums. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Kobe Vacuums, if you never had a salesman shop at your door trying to sell you a vacuum, <laughs> that is worth $1,500. I remember sitting in that place and they're teaching me how to break Break it apart, put it back together so that when you with a customer, you're absolutely flawless. So you can convince the customer that this is such an easy equipment to use. Yeah, so I'm sitting there, break it apart, put it back together. Like Paul, like a hundred times. By the hundred time, I was so mad. I said, Lord, you did not send me to Carolina to break apart vacuums and put them back together and do all sorts of stuff and go down door. You would like to buy a vacuum lady? Showing up a dress with a big old $1,500 vacuum. I like, no, 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 no. So, <laughs> came back, and I was, <laughs> I was still with Dan Squaz. I said, Lord, I'm going back to Maryland. There ain't nothing happening yet. I think I heard you wrong, you know. So, right at that moment, the Lord goes, you know, Marlon, teaching is what I'd like for you to do. That was nowhere in my radar anywhere. Like, that was so far off, I didn't even know where it came from. I said, teaching? I said, ah, wait, let's talk about this, Lord, okay? I'm extremely shy. I don't like all these eyeballs keep on looking at me all the time. And you asked me to do what again? I'm like, Lord, I'm one of those people that walk in a room and I'd rather just disappear. Don't even look at me. Don't talk to me. Don't say nothing because I'm just nervous. Okay? So, yeah. He completely took all my excuses, right? So, the next thing I know. Okay? Larry Fowler. Okay, we had a school that was affiliated with the church. It was called Morrison Christian Academy. He was the headmaster then. So, I'm near the church and stuff like that. I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. He gets up here to make an announcement. Okay? He says, listen, if there's anybody here that is interested in teaching math, 
please come see me after church because we're looking for mad teacher. And I remember the church was facing this way. I'm sitting way in the back right next to the door, you know. That's how shy I was. As soon as church is over, psh, I'm out of here. So I'm sitting back there. And literally the voice says, that's you. And I say, no, it's not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I argue with the Lord about it. And I kept trying to push out the doors and nothing, nothing was happening, like zero. So finally I just threw my towel in and I said, okay, I'm going to go interview Lord. Three hour interview with Larry. It was a spiritual moment. Like heaven opened and if you know Larry, I mean tears are coming down. And the love of Jesus just oozing out. And I'm going, this is a job interview? I'm not. I wish I had this effect on everybody. <laughs> this is amazing. That means I can be the president of the United States. Just show up and get people crying. And they offer me the job right after. So, so that's how I began teaching. Okay. Now the reason I bring that story. Is that is not the only thing that the Lord has me doing. Okay, And the question I was asking before, which is what the Lord was asking me, why are you here? And I felt like when the father brought that question up, that means there's a lot of us in the room that are trying to figure that out or been trying to figure that out. We've been trying to walk through that part. You've been frustrated. You feel like, wait a minute, I'm 65 and I still don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. The devil's a liar. You see, I needed extra help from the Lord to actually become a teacher. Because I didn't go for teaching school, by the way. Like, student teaching and all that stuff, I didn't do any of that stuff. Okay, it was a school of hard knocks for me. I think some of my students, maybe not, I don't know, maybe he's here or not. But, the first time I started teaching, my knees quaked, my voice was so thin, I was sweating. Sweating ampit, sweating in places it wouldn't even know was possible. Because you're just nervous. <laughs> you feel like you got to pee every minute. But you don't have to, but he just messes with your head. <laughs> it was a mess, man. I felt bad for the kids. I was like, Lord, you do that. You're messing these kids up. <laughs> I'm teaching mad. They can barely even hear me. They don't even know what I'm saying. I remember the first few words that I said, they, they all looked at each other and went, oh, what did he say? <laughs> You're fired, Jenny. We're no longer friends. I'm going to unfriend you. Click. Just kidding. So, crazy as it sounds. It was, it took me months to get over that part. To even still be convinced that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I was still asking the Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? Okay, I'm in it, but I'm still asking. Because I wasn't sure whether that's really what I'm supposed to be doing. So, let's read some scripture. Okay. It says to everyone is given a measure of grace, yes? Or a measure of faith. 
He gave all of us to each. He didn't say to some. He said what? To each, right? That means if you're sitting in this room, you have a measure of grace that has been given to you in your life. Okay? And picture this. Picture you before you ever came to this earth. Right? Sitting on the Father's lap. And he's whispering to you things that you're going to be doing on this earth. If you don't believe me, you're gonna, I'm going to read some scriptures and you're going to go, wait a minute. The things that he said even before you were put in your mama's womb are real. And as you go on life, you get to discover those things. I think there's a scripture that says, what? Is it in Proverbs? That, uh, gosh, I don't want to butcher this, but I might have to. It's okay. It goes like, I think you say it's a matter for the kings to search out. What is scripture is that? Anybody say, somebody say it? Well, it's, it's what? Exactly, but say it again louder. So think about it. He has the matter in your heart. And you go through all your life searching that out. But not by yourself. But the assistant of the spirit of God that he gives you number one. And by the grace that he puts in your life. The measure of grace that he gives you. Okay. Here's what it says in Romans 12. 6 through 10. It says in his grace God has given us different gifts. For doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy. Do what? Then prophesy. He says speak out. With as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, then what? Be encouraging. If it is giving, if God has given you leadership ability, then take responsibility seriously. If God has given you the gift of what? Showing to others, do it. I mean, do you notice how crazy we make it it says in there if you kind what if that's what God put you on this earth to do when he whispered to you when you're sitting on his lap say your job on this earth will be to show kindness I'm just saying why is that not enough Okay. (laughs) I mean, the list goes on and on. If you have a gift of encouraging, which is prophecy, then what? Why is that not enough? Why does he have to look more than he should? Do you see the deception that the enemy puts in there? That say you're not doing enough? What if yours, like I remember Bunny, Bunny Linker. I mean, I think eating a food up all gained like 60 pounds, maybe more. Because she can cook, man. I mean, good country cooking. Like she's loaded for Karen. Why is that not enough? If you can bring pleasure to people's lives by cooking. And that's what the father said to you. You shall be Sheboy D, whatever.
Okay? Ask me some permission about this part so I can just share this part. That boy, when it comes to a bicycle, I think he was just born with a bicycle, like Larry. I knew he was in trouble when he was five. And from eight o'clock to five, with a little break in between, he rode his bike the whole entire time. Never just came back in the house, just to eat a sandwich. Then he was back out again. How to go drag him from outside at five o'clock? Because he just didn't want to part from his bike. What if it was on this earth that that's what the father called him to do? To ride those road bikes. I mean, who had 14 rides 40 miles? I remember doing something like that. I was climbing avocado trees. <laughs> Takes talent to do that, by the way. Don't be laughing. <laughs> Until you fall off. <laughs> exactly. I got to tell you that story. <laughs> when I was in Kenya, you know, Africans can be very strict. They tell you, do not climb that tree. Okay, I'm going to put my full African accent. Don't climb that tree. Yes, I know you like avocados, but don't get up there. Okay, please. Yeah, we're so good at listening. You're up the tree with a little salt. Okay, what do you should do, me and my cousin? We take salt, put it in a news- little newspaper, fold it up, and just tuck it in, and then kind of fold our shirts a little bit. With a little makeshift knife. So when you get up there on the top of the avocado, you just find a nice little patch. Find one avocado. Whoop. Split it up and get your little salt. But there's trouble that happens when you eat too much of it. Because it went up. Okay, weighing 100 pounds. But you're coming down weighing 120 pounds. Do the physics math on that part. So on the way down, you lose a step. The next thing you know, boom. I'm laying on my back, right? And I felt like, oh, gosh, I think I'm about to go to heaven. Because I can't breathe. Guess who shows up? My uncle shows up and said, I told you about those avocado trees. <laughs> and you're like, I can barely breathe. Bro, why are you lecturing me right now? Those avocado trees. You see, you, if you didn't climb it, you, you'll be sitting here. Yeah? Here you lie. And the next thing you know, you know, he, he's like, he's asking somebody to go find a cane. Can somebody go find me a cane? And you're like, oh, Jesus, I can't breathe. I'm about to get spanked. <laughs> On top of that. If it wasn't punishment enough that I fell off the tree. We need to finish you with spanking. So since my cousins know the routine, so they kind of delayed. Who's supposed to bring that cane? Where are they at? Which is delaying so that I can get a second chance. Finally, my uncle gets frustrated against Lisa. Get up and go drink some water. Like, what? <laughs> I feel like I'm about to die. I need to go drink water. Amen. <laughs> that was my little avocado tree. So, <laughs> mercy, Lord. Lord, help me get it out. So, obviously, that was not my talent. Okay? That was not what I was supposed to do in these earth, climb avocado trees and fall off of them. But for each one of us, there's something that the Father's given you. Okay? Like for Jacob and an angel. They got this financial thing going on. Same thing with Din. What if that's the purpose that he has on this earth? Is to help people by his testimony to bring about a breakthrough of financial blessings in people's lives. Will that not be enough? Who, what runner was that? That uh, he said, whenever I run 
chariots of fire, right? Or something like that. Like he said what? Every time I run, I feel the what? The pleasure of the Lord. Like that's what his purpose was. He said there's something about when you start walking in that purpose of why you're here, there's a pleasure that comes with it. Like Larry. It doesn't mean that you're not going to face difficulties. I'm sure he had a train. I'm sure there's days that he felt like, I don't want to run. Okay, training, that's part of it. I remember that when I did track in high school. I got to tell you that story. <laughs> when I did track in high school. Actually, by the way, I was really good at it. I remember senior year, we had this new coach. And he was determined that we, since we were 4A school, he wanted us to compete against 6A schools. Now, in Maryland, if you understand different levels of high schools, okay, once run, he, wants, he wanted us to run against 6A schools. So that means our practice had to be really intense to that level. So the first practice, I mean, he is running us crazy. You're throwing up, okay? And you throw up and you feel like, I'm about to throw up my whole entire stomach at this point. And here comes coach going, hey, son. Is he wet or is he dry? You're like, what kind of question is that? I feel like I'm about to die and you tell, is he wet or is he dry? Say, if it's wet kind of vomit, then keep on vomiting. But if it's dry, get back on the track. (laughs) 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 Yes, I got back on the track. But we're amazing though. We did some good things. So, let me not get too sidetracked. Everybody with me? It's not going to be a long message. You'd be surprised. The Lord said it can be short and concise. So I want to encourage you this morning that whatever little that you follow you're doing, it's more than enough. That's what the Father says. It's more than enough. Hopefully you're feeling stuff break off of you. Where oh, Holy Spirit is bringing stuff up that you realize, wait a minute, that gave me so much pleasure. Why did I go a different way? You see, for me right now, when the Lord began taking me through this process of teaching, okay, the first thing I started teaching was math. And as things developed... I was being asked not only just teach the math, also start teaching the science because I had a science degree. So said, since it's a science major, it makes sense for you to teach science as well. So for years, I deal that part. Yeah, I'll do two math classes and three science classes and so on and so forth. But all that part, even though it seemed really difficult, the law was actually filtering stuff out. Okay, meaning he was narrowing down to specifically what I really truly have passion for. Because I realized in the midst of even that teaching the science of the math, I realized I actually love science a lot, but I don't enjoy teaching it. You can get that part. Even though I love it, I do not feel the pleasure in my heart when I teach it. Where the pleasure was when I was actually teaching the math. And over the years as I went on, I realized that's what it is. There's something in my heart that every time I saw a student that came to me and goes, I hate math. It's the worst thing ever. It's my most favorite. Math is from the devil. 
I said, we can't give him that much credit, okay? Like, we need to back off of that. But there's something in my heart when I can look at that kid. If he can leave my classroom, not necessarily liking the math, but having the confidence that he has the ability to do it, I've won. And the pleasure that that brings me is crazy. Like, I enjoy it. There's hard days. Okay, these days I remember, because I did high school for a while, I remember actually backing a student into a corner because they fall their fist to me. Because they were like, they, they were angry. And I remember, think about it, you know, the African comes out in you, man. If, if you're African, gosh. When kids misbehave and they try to buck up on you, you're like, oh, snap, that's the last thing you want. <laughs> it's the truth. Like, it's lights out. <laughs> if you want to find the quickest way to heaven... Try this is breaking African parent. <laughs> you'd be the last time you'd be like, Dad, Jesus. <laughs> Just like that. But <laughs> mercy, Lord. Lord help me. Lord help me. <laughs> help me, please. <laughs> so oh mm. So just want to encourage you as you go on. There's like the Lord filters out things that that He knows don't line up with what He whispered to you when He sat on His lap. And as I went on, I realized math is it. Even when that student was bucking up on me and look at me and ready to fight me, and I felt all that stuff come on me. At the same time, there's something else also in my heart that the Lord brought up at, at that very moment, which is the Father's heart. When I looked at it in his eyes, I saw myself because I realized this kid is struggling because his dad is not even present. And then I discovered also that that was something that was in my heart. I wanted not only just to teach the math, but I want to reach these young people and just say, listen, Especially the ones that they have a dad. To reach down there and just be that person at that season. Not to replace the dad, but at that season to be the person, to be the voice that speaks to him a love that he's never had before. That was my other thing that I started discovering. That there was a father's heart that was in me. You see, as I went, all these things just started developing. So, by the way, we ended up not fighting, okay? If you, if, you want, if you want another conclusion of the story, we actually ended up becoming really good friends. So, but now, I'm in a different season, at a different school, and I actually got what my heart really desired, which is just teaching math. No mixture of math and science. Just strictly math. So if you don't think the Lord will give you the desires of your heart, I'm just going to tell you that part. He narrowed down to that one part. And that's where the pleasure lies for me. And it's so evident that the kids themselves feel it. They know it. They sense it. And they actually start buying into it. Not because I'm forcing them to buy into it. But that pleasure from the Lord that is on me is contagious. 
and him like if you get around somebody that likes to laugh a lot, you don't have a choice, man. You're gonna start rolling, even when it's not a really funny joke. <laughs> it's the truth. There's people like that. They're just funny. And no matter what, even when they're serious, you know, they're being serious, but you laughing your head off, and they're getting mad at you because they're going, I'm actually being serious at the very moment. <laughs> but you can't take them that seriously because they're always goofy all the time. That's a gift. We're making people laugh. I like to laugh. On my Facebook and Instagram, I just post memes. That's all I do. I'm serious. Some are funny. Some are not very funny. But either way, if I can make one person somewhere else laugh, I'm good. And this is how, as as crazy as this sounds, when I started posting those memes and stuff like that, part of it was, Lord, I love laughing so much. Is there a way I can share this with somebody else? That's how that began. So I just started posting memes. If it made me laugh, it gets on there. And somebody had a dream about me and sent me a message on Facebook, believe it or not. And they say, the Lord gave me a dream about you. And the dream was about your memes. I went, what? The Lord loves memes? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and he said, there was a line of people that you've never met that actually look at your memes. And that's what they look forward to during the day. They wake up so that they can find something to put a smile on their face to laugh. Did I ask for it? No. Did I go soliciting that part? No. But the Lord gave somebody. This person lives in Australia, by the way. Telling me they had a dream. And it's about the memes. Because I thought, you know what? It just makes me laugh. So I wasn't even thinking a big deal about it. But bam. It's bringing something else in somebody else's life. As simple as that is. The Lord says, don't make it more difficult than it is. If it's being kind, do it gladly. If it's being a leader, do it diligently because you have a gift of leadership. If it's being a comedian, absolutely, make people laugh. Everybody lives without the gift. As simple as that is. So I want to read this. I want to finish with this. Amen. This is Psalms 139. It's kind of long, but uh, cut at least maybe four or five, five verses out of that so you can thank me later. But here's what he says, okay? He says, oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You're, I mean, you place your hand or blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to be 
become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You washed me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark womb. You saw me before I was born. Let me stop right there. Before you were born, he did what? So you. That means you sat on your daddy's lap in heaven. And he whispered the things that he has for you as you walk on this earth. The obvious, yes. To be loved by him, to love him. But the other one, to leave out that gift that he's given you. So the Lord says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Do not despise the little stuff that the Father asks you to do. Because in it, as you go, and as he filters things out, you will find your passion in there. You find the gift. You find the delight. You find the pleasure. Like I know when Jim goes to Argentina, he's like a kid, like a little kid. Like he's contagious. He's giddy. I don't know if you've seen some of his posts on Facebook. He's like a kid in a candy store. Oh, you know, if you go on family trips, we don't do this a lot. But I know other families do it. But if you go on a road trip, you know, it's the one time you can get it. Go to a gas station and buy a whole bunch of junk food. <laughs> it's true. But you see, but something, but I just don't want, I just feel the first, do not minimize those things that he gives you that bring you pleasure because they actually make him happy too. The fact that you enjoy the gift that he gives you, you love it. Which, which one of you have your parent and you give your kids a gift that you don't delight when you actually delight in it? Something in you leaps with joy because you can tell the pleasure in their face and that you gave them that part and they enjoy the gift that you gave them. And he goes on and he says, you know, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Does that say is recorded? Was. Remember what I said in the beginning. I'm going to show you in scripture. That you were, you were with the father before you ever came here. You were called to manifest that which he spoke to you to manifest. Whether it's doing the sound system. Or playing the bass guitar. Or playing the electric guitar. If that's what he said and he put in your heart. You play with absolute 100% pleasure. And joy. Without having to feel bad about it. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Every moment was laid out. Before even day one. You took your first breath even before then. It was all laid out. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. 
And when I wake up, you are still with me. Well, that's what the Lord gave me today. That was it. Where's my Argentine friend? He's not here, so. I should speak Espanol? Okay, just kidding. (laughs) I thought for a moment the Lord's giving me another gift. (laughs) Speak some Spanish, but no. So, the only Spanish I know is goditas. Give me some goditas. Empanadas? Oh, man. Uh, help us, Lord. Um, all right. Why don't you guys stand up? That was a good message, wasn't it? I think we need to hear that sometimes, right? Because we struggle in doing even that which gives us pleasure. And thanks for sharing that, Martin. That was really good. Because it's true, the Lord has led some of us through different roads. And in that, he's sort of unfolding his purposes for our lives. And I have watched Marlon go from that place to where it is now. I've known Marlon for years. And I've watched him not having a job. I remember going to visit him, inviting him to eat my asados. Now, I take pleasure in making some good asados. Y'all know that, right? The men know that. It is good. And good chimichurri. And just some like my uh, Hispanic brothers and sisters. You know, if you get around them, when they cook, boy, it's, it's just it's so good. So each one of us have gifts and that the Father has whispered over us. And some of us are not using those gifts. Some of us have laid on the ground or aside and said, well, it's not for me to do this. Some of us have a gift to make money. And some of us have a gift to bless others. And some of us have a gift to preach. And other ones have a gift to go and hug somebody and say something simple. But that which you said can set that person free. So I just want to pray for you. Because this word was from the Lord for us today. I hope you felt his pleasure. Because I did when I was translating. That is not something that I chose to do. Believe me guys. You don't understand what it is to translate Marlon and Byron. (laughs) And try to translate their jokes for Pete's sake. Lord mercy. But I have received double every time I'm sitting in there and listening to their hearts. I can sense the pleasure of the Lord coming through me as I'm sharing with my Hispanic brothers and sisters. So I just want to pray for you. Yeah? That the Lord will renew that. That you will hear His voice this week. And you will just be renewing what you're doing. If you're in leadership at work. Or you're a project manager. Or you're just somebody that's speaking stuff at the grocery store. That you can sense His pleasure. And in there, 
you know, you can just release His goodness. Release it to people that need it. You don't have to be a Billy Graham. God is looking for people like you. He's looking for people like you and me. They could just go to somebody like Anita. They went at the restaurant, man. She just went and prayed for somebody. They was having this issue, and the Lord stopped it. Amen? And God wants to use you and me, ordinary people, to do extraordinary things for the kingdom. Right? Yeah. Ooh, that's good, man. That was good, Marlon. Well, Lord, I just thank you right now. Father, I pray. Let your goodness come. Deja que tu bondad venga, Señor. Let your goodness come now, Lord, and renew our strength, Lord. So we might not despise the small beginnings. And some of you are in that process of trying to figure out what in the world, God, you want me to do. Let me tell you where you are right now. I pray you feel his pleasure and his goodness come upon you. And if you're not in the right place, believe me, God is able to move you into the right place. He's God. (laughs) He's able. He's able to take you where you need to be. So trust Him. And so, Lord, I just pray that washes over us and all the things of the world and even the religious stuff that we pour over us to, that we need to be somebody else that we're not. That we can be who we are in Christ and release your goodness to people because the world needs to see Jesus in us. And you and me. So, Lord, I pray that this for this week and the months to come, that the gifts that you've given this church will impact this community, Morrisville, and the nations of the world. Yes, Lord. Woo! The Lord just reminded me with Marlon's message about no no small thing is too small. And just to listen to the Lord and those kindness, the kindness, giving a word, calling someone. You, Many of you know we've been going through a lot with our son, our 16-year-old. And um, talking about going through deep, deep waters and wondering sometimes, Lord, when are you going to answer? Um, two weeks ago... I parked the car at CVS and I was just sitting there just really desperate crying out to the Lord and I checked my for some reason I checked Facebook and I saw I had this instant message from someone I was like this is from someone in Pennsylvania that I haven't heard from in years and I saw she had messaged me this was on a Thursday morning she had messaged me at 3 in the morning 3 days earlier I hadn't seen it she had no idea what's going on with our family. I start reading it and I just start crying. And it was so timely because the Lord said, I thought, I haven't forgotten you. I hear you. And I want you. That's a word for someone here. He has not forgotten you. He hears you. He hears your cries. And that message said, Madi, I've been having dreams about your family. I've been thinking about your family. I've been, I, you're, you've been on my heart, especially Kalen and Ariana and those were the two of our five kids at the moment that was going through the biggest changes and she goes I don't know why I'm sending you this but I want you to know I'm praying for you and I said thank you Jesus and I let her know what a timely word it was 
thank you for reaching out and letting me know. So I want you to know those small words that you don't think are going to make a difference, make a difference. That's good. Woo, that was good. Yeah, thank you, Lord. He knows where you are. He knows you. He knows what you need, what you and I need. So if you, some of y'all need prayer in those areas, we have the, the ministry team here that can pray for you. If you want to just consecrate your gift and your calling to the Lord this morning, this is a good time to do that. We'll pray for you. If not, you have a blessed week. May the Lord and His grace and His peace rest upon you. May the hand of the Father touch you and anoint you to bring healing to wherever you are because you are a son and you are a daughter of the Most High God. Be blessed. Those in prayer, please come up from. We'll pray for you.